Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hi, hey, hey, good morning. Great to see you guys this morning. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, my name is Samuel, and it is just Becca's and I's absolute honor to get to serve you guys. Quick reminder, students, there's a student guide. Uh, it's online, but it's also in the little seat back, seat back pocket things in front of you. So students, you guys can fill that out uh, based on the sermon and take your own little, little notes and things you guys got out of it. And then I think it's like once a quarter, you get uh, entered into a drawing for some cool stuff, and we'll send that out to you. Uh, so students, that's right there in front of you, just to remind you. And then Easter is right around the corner. Uh, it is coming up. And just a great opportunity to invite people, uh, and unless, especially if you've invited them before. Let me just remind you, Easter's a great time, but also maybe get a little bit creative. Uh, and a, a idea, and uh, I'll just say a idea is, is this, and this happened actually right here at Life West not too long ago, is I got a call midweek, and uh, it, it, it was Ryan. Ryan goes, hey, Samuel. I go, yeah. He goes, can I, can I sing on stage on Sunday? And I'm like... What do you mean? Can you sing? Like, like he doesn't sing. And I'm like, what, what? What do you? What do you mean? And he goes, Well, um, I invited a, a, a friend to church, and he said he, he just doesn't come. He goes, but he said he would come if I was on stage singing this Sunday. And so I just was like, without question, I go, Yes, yes, yes. Whether you can sing or not, you can be singing this weekend. So I told him yes. I called Xavier. I'm like, Hey, we're gonna have an extra one this weekend. He goes, What do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, um, don't, don't worry about if he can sing or not. So Ryan like, did what he needed to do, and guess what? Ryan was on stage singing. His mic may have been off, but Ryan was on stage <laughs> singing, but he got someone to come to church that hadn't been in a long He's like, we're going to get them here. Um, just an idea. Get creative. It is an opportunity, and I, I know what it would take to make this Easter the greatest Easter that you've ever had, and that's you invite somebody. They come. And at the end of service, when we give that altar call, which we do every week because we don't know where people are, we don't know how long God's been working on them, we don't know what, but we give that. We give that altar call at the end, and you peek, and you see that hand go up. I guarantee it will be the best Easter that you have ever, it, it will change the way that you look at Easter. So it's an awesome opportunity on that front. And the other one is this, is just typically we do, we we have quite a few extra people that come on Easter. And so another opportunity that you have is to help make church welcoming and great, even though there's extra people here. There's extra people here. So we have an opportunity for you. If you're like, hey, I could hold a baby, or I could help in the parking lot, or I could greet when people come in, or I could help take things down at the end, that would be something that you're like, hey, I, I can help do that just for Easter. Um, if you'd love to do that, connect with one of us afterwards. We've got some signs out there. Any of our greeters be like, hey, I'd love to help for Easter, whether you're normally a part of the dream team or not. And here's the thing. You can, you can come to one service, and then in between, we, we serve the whole dream team breakfast. So we'll have breakfast for you. And then like, you can come to one service, and you can serve in another one. And here's the thing that I, I pray that happens to every single one of you, is something, at some point, there's a switch that's meant to be flipped, where the way we look at church 
is different. Now, I think a good, a good parallel is Christmas. Because when we're kids, kids love Christmas, right? Like, the day after Christmas, my kids are like, how many more days until Christmas? Like, like they are ready. They love Christmas. But for them, when they're really little, it's about, it's about their gifts. And it's about what they're going to get. And, and, oh, man, they're so excited. And they get a little bit older. But, but Christmas is meant to go through, and it goes through a little bit of a transformation. Where when you're a kid, it's magic. Whether you believe in Santa Claus or you know he's out there or not, it, it, it's still magical and it's fun. But then you get a little bit older and you're like, okay, it's, it's Christmas and it's actually a lot of work and, and it's this and that. But then what, is, what happens is you get and you grow up and you become an adult and you're like, wait a second. So, something switches and Christmas for you, you're like, it's not about what I get anymore. It's my opportunity to love on the people that I love. And a switch gets flipped. And Christmas takes on a different meaning. Christmas itself doesn't change, but something inside you does, where it's an opportunity for you to love on people. Whether it's making desserts or getting the tree just right or whatever it might be, or, or, or presents or the, the show, the sings, the songs that you might do, the family traditions that you have, something flips in you, and it's no longer about you. It's you getting to love on the people that you love. Church is meant, every one of us is meant to have that moment when it comes to church. That there's times that we come and like, this is great and we're getting fed, but there's always meant to be a moment that something switches in us and we say, I'm going to serve. I get to make it great for the people that I love and the people that God loves. I get to do for someone else what somebody else did for me years ago or last week. There's something that's meant to switch in us. So I hope, if that hasn't switched in you, one of the things I'm hoping that you would choose to do is on Easter, jump in for one. Jump in for that one day and serve and attend and watch what happens in you when you make church great for someone else. When you're the smiling face that comes in and you see the countenance change on somebody when they walk in because you simply look at them and say, we're so glad you're here. And you don't realize that you're the first person that said you're glad to see them in over a year. And those words just go right to their heart and break it open. And then God, they come into service and God does something in their life. It's meant to switch in all of us. And we have an awesome opportunity coming on Easter. Whether you've ever served on the dream team or not, let me encourage you, jump in for this one service. Let's make it great for somebody else. Do for somebody else what somebody has already done for you. Take the opportunity. Make that switch. I hope that you will. All right. Well, that's just like a little warm-up, get-start thing. And here we go. We're in the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Let me encourage you throughout this series, bring your Bible. Even if you're not a normal Bible-bringing person, bring it. Uh, during the week, please read ahead. Go through Ephesians. And Ephesians, there's only six books in the six chapters in the book, and feel free to read through it, and you're like, you get through it, and read it again. Read it over. You, you will get something different just about every time that you go through it. But Ephesians, really what we're looking at through here is, is, is something you're going to see as we go through this, is there's a thread 
okay? There's something that keeps popping up over and over and over. And really, Ephesians is, it's very fundamental. Ephesians was written by God. God is the author, but Paul himself was the man that wrote it down. We believe that all the Bible, all 66 books of the Bible, although they were written by man, were authored by God. So Paul is the one that's doing the writing, inspired by the Holy Spirit as to what to write. And he's writing to a group of Christians that said that right, right at the very beginning. He's like, to the believers in Ephesus. He's like, look, he's writing to Christ followers. And what he's doing is he's explaining to them what being a Christian is meant to be, what it's supposed to change in our lives. It's very fundamental to who we are as believers. It's meant to be life altering. And he's like, it will be if you understand what he is saying in here. It's one of those fundamental, very beginning things. Um, I crashed my mountain bike one, one of the many times. This is several years ago I crashed, and it wasn't very bad, but, but my knuckles just, just hit the ground, and, and uh, actually right near a parking lot. Yeah, I wasn't even out in the woods yet, but anyways, don't look at me like that. So I, I crash, and I fall, and I just scrape myself up a little bit, and so I kind of clean, clean it out, but one, one finger in particular wasn't, wasn't was just kind of like, like nasty looking, and so I just kind of wipe it off a little bit, and I'm like, I'm good, and so I go, I go do my ride, and, and, and we get back, and and I'm, I'm rinsing it out with some water, and I look at it, and I'm like, uh, I think it's clean. I don't really know for sure. So I grab like some alcohol or perhaps I don't remember which one. I just dump a bunch on it. I'm like, yeah, that'll take care of it, right? Like that, that, that'll take care of it. Well, it, it, it healed up. Um, but what I didn't do is like really clean it out because it hurt, because it hurt. So I actually have a little black fleck <laughs> in my finger. It's a little piece of asphalt that just stayed in there, and it's like, you know, it, it doesn't really bother me, but I just look at it sometimes, and I'm like, I try to push it out, but it just, it just kind of stays there. Because what I didn't do is something that we're all meant to do, which is you got you to clean it out. You're supposed to clean it out completely, get that junk out. There's some fundamental things that if we miss them, and we're lucky, we'll just look a little different and have a little thing, right? But if we get this wrong spiritually, if we get this wrong if we get wrong, what Paul so over and over, repeatedly over and over stresses in Ephesians, we're going to mess up a bunch of stuff. So here we go. We made it through six verses last week. Ephesians 1, verse 7. Here, he's, here, here it is. He says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Okay, in him, as we, we covered this a whole bunch last week, but this is, this, is, this is right back in here. And he's stressing something because we're meant to get this. So everybody, everybody repeat after me. Say, in him. Amen. Come on. That's what it is. This theme pops up over and over and over and over, and we are meant to understand this. This is the seventh time that it's come up. Verse 7, the fourth time it's come up. He's like, it, we are found in him. It's through Jesus' blood, but we are, our identity, who you are, is found in Christ. Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Other translation says, there's no redemption. So 
Jesus had to shed his blood, but when that's done, our identity is found in him. Let's keep going in verse 7. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose in which he set forth in Christ. There we go. So here's what we are meant to do. You and I, our identity is found in Christ. We use the word today, I'm a Christian. Okay, in, in the Bible, you want to know what we see in, in Ephesians? You want to know what they said in the New Testament? In Christ. We are in Christ because it's markably different than, different than a little Christ. We are in Christ. This is where we are meant to find our identity. Matthew 10, 39 says it like this. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. We are supposed to lose ourselves in Christ. That that is where we find ourselves. Our identity is in Christ. And here's the thing, here's why that's so important. Because who you are tells you what to do. Who we are is meant to make that distinction and make that clear. Who we are is meant to tell us what to do and to change our priorities. So play a game with me, okay? Play a game with me. I love games. Imagine with me that you're a spy. All right, who's always wanted to be a spy? Raise your hand if you're like, yeah, I like this. There's a few of you. And a couple of you are like, I'm too secret. I can't even raise my hand. I like that. I like that too. I like that too. Okay, so pretend with me that you're a spy. Now, a spy, what, what, what is it that you do? Well, a spy will probably go about an almost, almost normal-looking life from the outside because you're a good spy. You're not going to look completely different. Now, you're going to be going about doing your thing, right? You Maybe some espionage, maybe some, maybe some covert gathering of intelligence. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. But throughout everything that you do, a spy has an overarching, this is it. They have a, this is my plan. This is my driving force. My driving force is not, as a spy, it's not to punch this clock. It's not to just drive down the road. It's not to be in good health. All of those things that I do, I leverage because I am a spy and I have an overarching theme that drives my life because I'm a spy. Because I'm a spy, everything I do is a little bit different. I prioritize my life. You prioritize your life a little bit different. You might have a to-go bag. Who's ever heard of a to-go bag? Have anybody watched any TV and they've got a to-go bag? Oh, come on. Who actually has Don't raise your hand. We don't need to know. Don't. <laughs> but you might have that. Why? Because you know I might be leaving soon. And if I have to leave quickly, I want to be ready. You're a spy. You have this, there's this overarching theme that drives your life. It helps you make your decisions because of who you are. Your identity as a spy changes the way that you do everything. How? I don't know exactly. You might never come back to the house or your your safe house, whatever you want to call it, with less than a half tank of gas because you always want to be able to get, to get away. Why? It might change the way you do that. At your job, you might be 
trying to get a promotion, but not for the promotion's sake, but, but because you want access to the information that you don't currently have. See, there's an overarching theme over a spy's life because they know who they are, which is they're a spy. As Christians, follow me here, as Christians, there is an overarching theme that is meant to drive our life, and that is that our identity is in Christ. And as a result, if I am in Christ and he's coming back again, then the way that we go through our life is going to be a little bit different. We might go for that promotion just like everybody else is going for that promotion, but we, we see it as an opportunity to give more. Well, my, my finances will alter, so guess what? I'm going to get to give more to the causes that are important to me, and I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. We might look at it as I'm going to get a platform and, and a, a greater influence. I'm going to have a greater influence to influence people for the kingdom of God, to speak the truth of God's word into lives and situations. It changes the way that we do things. Because our identity is found in Christ. It's meant to be the overarching theme of our entire life. It's meant to be, it is meant to be that I am in Christ. Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. What we join is a kingdom. It's not just a punch that we put in our identity card, like our little driver's license, like, there, I'm a Christian now. And then we put it back in our pocket. It's meant to be the driving force. We are, we joined a kingdom, a kingdom that is not of this world, but yet is coming. So it's like, okay, wait a second. We have to change the way that we think. 1 Corinthians 9, 23. I do everything to spread the good news and share its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training, but they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. We keep in mind, Jesus is coming back, that what I see is temporary, but what is coming will be eternal. There's an overarching theme to what we're doing, where we keep in mind what is temporary and what is eternal, what we can make a, how we can make a difference in what we're just spending time doing. There's a difference between where we spend our time and where we invest our time, and we invest it in things that are eternal. And it changes the way that we look at all of our days. We reorganize it. Did I do anything of, of eternal value today? Did I set myself up better to be building God's kingdom tomorrow? Or did I just spend? Did I invest in the future or did I just spend? He's like, look, everybody runs the race, but how are you going to do it? Are you going to be intentional about what you're doing? Are you going to realize that your identity, you are found in Christ, that he is coming back? Or are you going to be like, eh, kind of just, yep, Jesus is coming. Uh, get, get lost along the way. He's like, look, run your race as to win it. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Verse 26, so I run with purpose in every step. Underli I've got that underlined. I've got that highlighted all up in my Bible. Purpose in every step. I think that's so powerful because the Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. It's purpose in every step. 
It's, it's saying, God, what is it that you have for me? Where is it that you're leading and taking me? What is it, where is it that you want us to go? It doesn't always make sense to everybody else, but we're supposed to seek him with purpose for all of our steps. And that purpose is, okay, is this eternal? Am I spending time or am I investing time? What is it? It was about 15 years ago that God laid on Becca and I's heart. He's like, hey, um, you, guys, you guys need to get out of debt. Uh, we didn't have a lot of debt. I was, I was, I was taught growing up, you don't, you don't borrow money uh, for anything that depreciates. So I never really borrowed money for a car, but, but I, I had bought a, I bought a house and, and we had that debt and that was, that was really it. Um, and, and God just laid on my heart. He's like, you, you, you need to pay this off. And what he laid on our heart, he, here's all it was. It was a step. There was nothing beyond that. It was just what he spoke to both of our hearts was, I want you free to go where I tell you to go when I tell you to go there. And we didn't have anything else. But that was a step. So without seeing the next step, which we could not see, we did not see what the next step was. Um, we spent about four years taking and following that step. We, we completely changed the way that we lived. Completely changed. It's like, are we going out to eat? No. Unless you're paying. Then yes. And we're going to eat. No, no, no. I'm going to tease. But it's like, okay, yes, absolutely. And my mom and dad literally joked, because we would go, they had a place up north, and we would go visit, and my mom would just laugh. And she's like, do you not feed these kids at home? Because they get up here and they eat like crazy. Is this how you're planning to pay off the house faster? I'm like, no, but yes, it's working. But that wasn't really like strategic in that. But I mean, we, we changed the way that we lived. It wasn't something that we wrote on the wall like, hey, we're going to do this in, in the next four years. If we had followed like the bank's plan, it would have taken until 2052 or something. And it was just insane. It wasn't that, but we became intentional without knowing what the next step was. But this is what God had led in our hearts to do. And the overarching theme of our life is, God, we want to be able to do what you've called us to do. And there are people who said, don't. There are people who are like, hey, here's the tax advantages if you don't. Here's why this is great to have some debt. Like, this is what God called us to do. So we did that. And guess what? The minute we paid off that house, man, I, I was excited. I mean, the kids, the kids would jump in it. We would take pop cans, return it, and then we'd run over, and the kids would help. They're like, put this on the principal. And like, we're like, thank you very much, like whatever it was. So this is something we were all doing together. We paid it off, and guess what? I did not instantly get the next step. So we're like, okay, we're, we're ready. Um, I, I, we'll see. So we just served God where we were, doing what we knew to do, until he revealed something different. But here's the deal. We had no idea. We had no idea that he was going to, years down the road, say, leave your job. I want you to start a church. I want you... He, he led us in steps. It was step one was you need to get you need to leave the job and go up here. We're like, okay, we'll do it. So we took that small step. It was a big pay cut, but it didn't matter. <laughs> because we didn't really need a whole lot of money. We didn't have any bills except cell phones and utilities. It doesn't take a whole lot. Kids were little, they didn't eat that much. We could always go visit and raid grandma and grandpa's fridge, right? Like we had we had options. But God gave us a step. But the overarching theme was God, if we're here for you. And he led us on another step and another step and another step. So what we ended up doing is eventually, many of you are familiar with the story. I'm in my tree stand praying. I'm like, God, I don't know what the next step is. And I feel like it hasn't gone in like a good, the steps I've been taking haven't gone in like 
the linear track that I think they should. Like they should have done this. And they really haven't. We've been like kind of more like this. And God just spoke to my heart. And he's like, look, what do pastors do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I knew what he meant. He meant lead pastors. I'd worked in churches for years and, and, and different things. And he's like, no, what do lead pastors do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, all I want to do, God, is I want to get behind vision and I want to serve. What do you want me to do? And he spoke to my heart. And he's like, I'll tell you what lead pastors do. He's like, I give them vision and they serve people. And I'm like, done. So I leave and I go tell Becca and she kind of laughs and like, huh, have fun. I'm like, wait, no, you're supposed to be doing this with me. But we took some steps. And the next step for us in that was, was really just was waiting for God to speak to her. I said, you know what? <laughs> if God spoke to me, he'll speak to you. This is a big move for us and our family. If God spoke to me, he'll speak to you. And sure enough, he did. God spoke to her. And we began to line things up and pray about when and where and what. And I look back now, and I'm like, I'm so grateful that 15 years ago when God, 14, whatever it was, when God laid on our hearts, hey, financially, you need to be ready to go where I tell you to. He lined it up so that when he laid on our hearts, you start this church, it was great. We're like, yes, absolutely. We volunteered for months before the church started where I'd quit my other job and just kind of, hey, this is what we're going to do. And there's not a problem. It wasn't a problem. It wasn't a problem because God directs our steps. It's every step. He says, I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. It's not just, I don't know what to do. No, there's purpose in our steps. That's what God wants to lead us in. But there's meant to be this overarching theme. Here's what it doesn't mean. Please do not hear me. Please, please, please do hear me. <laughs> there we go. Please hear me on this. Do not think, do not think, well, if I just won't move until God says anything. And the answer is, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as we are moving and taking steps, we pray and we say, God, what do you want me to do? God, this is my job. How do you want me to do my job? God, this is the business that I'm running. How do you want me to run my business? And we submit our plans and dreams. We give them to God. And we're like, God, I have a dream that this is it, but I, I surrender it completely to you. We're meant to have an overarching theme, and that is to give our steps purpose. And we might not see it in the moment. This is, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. I was even questioning as, as, as we were launching the church, we were in this process and, and be, beginning to really move forward and talking to some people. And they're like, yep, we're, we're, we're in this with you. And I remember just thinking like, wait a second. Am I, am I really sure that this is God? I'm like, we're getting some, we're asking other people and some people, some, some people that we looked up to, some people that we trusted. And, and still I'm like, but God, I felt like I heard you over here when you said move, and so we did, and then we went here, and then, and then God, I felt like you, you told us to do this, and so then we did, and then we went over here, and then we went over here, and we went over here. I'm like, God, this, I'm not connecting these dots in any way that makes sense. And I was just doing that thing that, that I was raised to do, and that was to read the Proverbs of the day. I'm reading through Proverbs 21, 
And I came across a verse that wasn't, that, that wasn't in there before. I don't know who snuck in and put it in. Nobody ever had that. But I come across this verse that had never been in the Bible before. And I come across it and it says, if the Lord directs a man's steps, how can he understand his own way? And I really just felt like God was like, mic drop, there it is, sucker, like there it is. Like if I'm directing your steps, don't worry about it. And I was like, yes. So here's what it is. We have an overarching theme to our life. You are, your identity is found in Christ. So it doesn't mean we just don't move and we're like, I don't know what to do. But as we take steps, we pray, we ask for God to lead and to guide us. And as he speaks to our hearts, as he speaks to us through his word, the number one way, you want to know the way that God speaks, the number one way he speaks to his people is through his word. If you, want, if you want to hear God's voice and you're not looking and reading and in his word, do not expect to hear his voice. Because even if you did, you wouldn't be able to recognize it. Because you've spent zero time. Be in his word, number one. And we're like, okay, God, the overarching theme to our life is, God, where our identity is found in you. We realize you are coming back. So what is it we're going to do? We're going to surrender our plans to you and we're going to move with purpose what we do. We're going to take things that are very ordinary and we're going to make them extraordinary. We're going we're to leverage them for the kingdom of God. Man, I looked up to big time years ago, many, many years ago. I was, I was hanging out with this guy. His name was Scott. And he's like, we were driving over to his house, and he lived on a, a, in, a, in a cul-de-sac. And he goes, you see that guy? He points at a house. And I go, yeah. And he's like, that guy. And he tells me some stories. He's like, I, I can smell the weed that he smokes, and he does this, and his wife's over here. And he, he's like, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to hear this. This is gossip. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And he points to the next guy, his next neighbor. He's like, see that one? He's like, they've been fighting over this, and she just lost her business, and, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, oh my goodness, and he points at this one, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. and he says the same thing over here, he goes, and he does this to about five or six houses as we're driving down the road, and I'm like, I don't want to know any of this, Scott, and he's like, I tell you that, he goes, because I know their stories, he goes, because I'm going to get every single one of them born again, and they're all coming to our church, because our church is the best. And then he pointed, and he goes, that one's already coming. That one's already coming. He goes, that one got saved last week. He took something ordinary. <laughs> He's like, these are my neighbors. He's like, but this is my mission. And he didn't refer to this one as Red Door and that one to the one with the loud car. He knew their names. He knew their stories. He's like, I'm praying for them. And he's like, and you're going to help me. He goes, I told you that because that one's got kids and that one's got kids and they're all in. And I was, he's like, he's like you're going to help me. We're going to get every single one of my neighbors. It's taking something ordinary and being like, if the overarching theme of my life is that I am in Christ and that he is working in and through me, if he's coming back again and I've joined a kingdom, then the way that I live is going to change. Then I realize I'm not a spy. I'm not here to sabotage and break things. No, no, no. I'm, I don't need to be covert in any way, shape, or form. But God, I'm yours in all that I am. And just like a spy has an overarching mission that's driving them, changing the way they look at everything they do, the way that they position themselves, the way that they look at everybody around them, I realize that my identity, I'm found in Christ. That he wants to lead and guide my steps. He wants to lead and guide your steps in all that you do.
This is meant to change the way that we live. Because God, once, once we find him, and our lives are been, have been made brand new, then it's our job to share it with those that are around us in all that we do, to leverage what he's given us to build his kingdom because he is coming back. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please? As we're here today, then I hope you are inspired. I hope you see yourself in Christ, that you realize he wants he wants to work in you. He wants to work through you. That you are a Christian. Yes, you are, I hope. But your identity is in Christ. And as a result, that is the overarching theme of your life. I hope that you let that change the way that you look at everything you do. The way that you raise your kids the way that you pray for your grandkids, the way that you choose what college to go to, what boy or girl to date, every aspect of it. It's God, what are you going to do? What do you want to do both in and through me? If you're here this morning, it all begins with a relationship with Christ. When you're saying, God, I need you. And I want to make you the Lord of my life. Jesus made a way where there was no way. We could never on our own do enough good to outweigh the bad. God's like, it, it ain't going to happen. You could try, but it, it was never good enough. But God made a way by sending his son to die on the cross so that we could be free. If you're here today, step one is asking him to forgive you and make you new. And I'd love the honor of leading you in that step. It's a prayer that we can pray right in your seat. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand in just a minute. And you're saying, that's me and today's my day where I'm gonna give my heart, my life to him. I'm gonna begin to live out the plan and purpose that he has for me. That's you, one, two, three. Right now, lift it up all the way up and say, that's me. This is my day, today is my hour. Awesome. Okay, hands down. Thank you, hands down. Everybody, would you repeat these words after me? Let's pray with those that lifted their hands. Whether you're in this room or online, if this is you and you raised your hand, you say these words, you say them from your heart, and God's going to meet you right where you are. All together, let's pray. Everybody say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm going to live for you. I believe that you came, that you died, you shed your blood so I could be free. But you rose again, and from now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I'll serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.